Welcome to the next quick hit segment of PI Perspectives. As New York gets closer to the return of business, Matt welcomes attorney David Otto from Otto and Babbitt. David is the immediate past president of the New York Trial Lawyers Association. David talks about how lawyers are preparing to return and what that looks like for the investigators that work with them. The only sponsor for these quick hit segments is the investigatorstoolbox.com. Get ready for the next generation of investigator networking and learning. The site launches on June 1st. You can visit them at investigators-toolbox.com. Now let's welcome David and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome everybody to quick hits of PI Perspective. I believe we're on like day 60 of the quarantine. So today I thought it'd be interesting to um, to start bringing in people that uh, are going back to work or have been working or people within our working environment uh, that can give their perspective of um, investigations and, and how investigators uh, fly into it. So I thought it would be great to speak with an attorney. And uh, I reached out to a friend of mine, David Otto from uh, Otto and Babbitt. And today we're going to be talking about uh, investigators and attorneys and what that's going to look like going forward. So, David, I want to welcome you to the program. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I'm excited that we're, we're talking here. I know we were talking about it for a while. So uh, a little bit about your background, right? I'll, I'll pump you up a little bit. <laughs> You're the uh, immediate past president of the uh, New York State Trial Lawyers Association, which is a great, great uh, nonprofit organization here in New York that advocates for um, attorneys, making sure that you guys are represented up in Albany when law- laws are being um, decided. It's basically uh, the voice. And you had the privilege of taking a year off from your your practice to uh, be the president of this association, correct? That I did. Yeah. Yeah. So that was quite a sacrifice, man. Very impressive. And any, any one of you guys that, uh, that does that in gals, because they just, you know, uh, men and women that both do this, uh, it, it, giving up your practice for a year is, is impressive. So, so, hey, day 60, I think we're on day 60. W- what does the, uh, the, the pause look like for you? What have you been doing? Well, uh, it's been very odd. It's been very unusual for me in particular, because I spend uh, the majority of my day in normal times. I spend a majority of my day in court and I spend it in the busiest courthouses in the world in New York City. Uh, So um, I'm constantly in uh, hearings or in conferences and uh, with crowded courtrooms with colleagues I know, colleagues I've, I've, you know, their adversaries on cases and uh, that interaction that has been missing for for you know, over sixty days, I guess now at this point, and uh, it, it's been it's been difficult. But the actual work it, we're working remotely. All the lawyers in my office, so uh, you know we're 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 doing what we can. I mean, we're still working on our files. We're we're trying to um, really prepare for when the courts open. Right, uh, which is going to be um, it's it's really unclear right now when right. that's going to happen, and I, I don't anticipate that happening until sometime you know into the summer, and even even then it's going to be on a limited basis. You know, it's a double-edged sword in a way, and I I try to be positive and I try to look at things, try to look at the bright side of things and positives of of situations, and I guess a positive of this is that we're we're able to spend a lot more time on certain 
cases, I guess, you know, instead of, you know, having to run to court every day and, and, and spend, you know, five hours or four hours in court and then run back to the office and work on cases, you know, I've been able to really focus on some issues that I might not have had the luxury of, of doing if, if we were in normal times. So I, I try to look at, at the positives. Yeah. And I mean, on my end too, I've noticed the same thing because I, I obviously have a caseload as well <laughs> and people right. working for me as well. And and just it, having everything pause and slow down, you do look at things or you look at things a little bit differently. Like, okay, let me give it another shot or try something different to try and solve this problem um, is definitely something I've noticed on my end that, that we've done. Clients that uh, that I have that are that are working files up, I think you're, you're absolutely right with what you're saying because you know I have gotten a lot of phone calls of Hey, I need you to do this, um, you know, or we're, we're getting close to settling this case, but I just need to to connect the dots here. Can you, you know, maybe take one more look or try and get this statement for me? Uh, there was sure. a there was a big case I worked on uh, early in the in COVID where, uh, you know, the defense had interviewed some witnesses and they had a position that, uh, you know, with their theory based upon statements that a defense investigator had gotten. Well, when I re-interviewed all the, the four people that he spoke to, it was a completely different story, uh, which, hey, the guy was a good investigator. He twisted the statement the way he needed to do it. Um, but I got my own statement and uh, they brought it to the defendants and the defendants said, OK, uh, now let's settle the case. <laughs> and uh, I, I think it was the best $750,000 case, uh, you know, like that that was the um, yeah, the end result. Uh, and he turned home. He's like, hey, man, just based on your interviews, we were able to close this out. So thank you for the work you did on it. So oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it seems yeah. good. You know, it's like, uh, and, and I'm finding that a lot of my clients that, that I've talked to, cause I, I have picked up the phone and called clients is, you know, you guys are settling your cases. You're, you're taking harder looks at things, knowing that it may be a while before you actually get into that, that, uh, courtroom to try a case, you know, mm-hmm. so you really have to consider mediation and, and trying to work things out and in the best, you know, what's in the best interest of your client. Right. Uh, something right. to consider. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they're hurting financially as well right now, right? So um, these are all things to to think about, right? And that's a that's a big uh, a, a big issue right now for a lot of my clients. Uh, you know, they're really some of them are, are really devastated um, yeah. financially. Uh, they've lost their jobs, and uh, you know, I'm worried. You know, I'm worried about the long term effects. You know, of this on them and. Again, uh, this has given me an opportunity to speak to my clients, not so much, you know, really in a personal way. You know, I'll I'll call to see how they're doing as opposed to, you know, calling to to prep them for a deposition or to call them to remind them of something. You know, I I can now call them and and I've established, you know, even even better relationships. Sure. Uh, now during this time, because now I hear about, you know, their, their family situation, uh, who, who had COVID in their, in their house, uh, if someone had passed away, God forbid, and, right. um, how they're dealing with, with all of this. You know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of my clients are, are homeschooling their kids and, you know, because the, the, the schools are obviously uh, not in session and, sure. and they're doing their best with that. And, um, it, it's really, uh, you know, you feel like you're sharing the experience with them. Right, and and I, I I think that's really been been at least a, a positive for me at least, and if I could help them, uh, non you know in a non legal way, right. uh, in a personal way, that that's an added bonus. 
Right. So what has been your experience in dealing with the adjusters? Like how, 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 how are they handling it on their end? Cause I don't talk to that side. I'm only, uh, I'm a plaintiff guy, but what has been the, yeah. the, um, basically what you're getting from, uh, from the people that you're trying to work these issues out with? It's been mixed, uh, to, to be, to be honest about it. I mean, th- there are certain insurance carriers who are uh, still working to resolve claims and, and, uh, they're, they are doing their best to do that, and we have been able to resolve um, a small number of, of claims. But for the most part, they're, they really are looking at this as an opportunity just to, to put everything on hold. Right. And uh, especially uh, in the medical malpractice field where their clients, you know, the doctors and the nurses and the hospitals, they're – you know they are on the front lines and they're they're dealing with what they're what they're dealing with and I, I think the the adjusters in those situations have made the decision um, that uh, this is a good opportunity to do nothing and and that's what's uh, that's what's been happening. Yeah, unfortunately, they're still uh, collecting interest on the money they're setting aside, right? Like I'm not surprised. That's correct. <laughs> I'm not surprised yeah. to hear that. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. A, always the bottom line, man. That's why I can't work for that side. <laughs> <laughs> it's a moral yeah. thing for me. <laughs> That's right. Um, so you've you've also been involved in a in a project as well. Um, you want to talk to me a little bit about that? Um, and uh, I know there was a, just a, an, I saw something on LinkedIn about an announcement. So tell me a little bit about. Yeah, that. we we've we've been handling uh, a, a number of cases, uh, childhood uh, sexual abuse cases in New York State last year. Uh, Governor Cuomo signed a uh, a bill a law that extended the statute of limitations uh, for victims of childhood sex abuse. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of us have, and I'm sure you've read a lot about uh, these claims. Of, oh, I've been investigating to, them. Yeah, <laughs> right. I've right. gotten a good bit of business out of that. Uh, that sure. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, going back to, um, you know, the sixties, seventies, eighties, there were there were certain um, institutions that uh, unfortunately were were you know contained pedophiles and yeah. and you know we we've heard about the cases with the with churches and 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 synagogues and and boy scouts and other institutions and we've we've been really focused on on those cases and one of the things you have to remember is that our one of the main things that drives us as as trial attorneys is to make sure that everybody has equal access to the courts right right you know you just because you you have money or or resources doesn't mean you get access to the courts and these people who are victimized uh as as children who you know are, are the most vulnerable in our society uh didn't have an opportunity to speak up and and didn't have an opportunity to have have their day in court before the statute of limitations ran. And now with the extension of that, uh, there's a one year window, uh, where it doesn't matter how long ago the abuse happened. doesn't matter how old you are. Uh, you have one year to bring those claims. Uh, and it, 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 it's been a very time consuming and, and a very labor intensive proposition for us because we're dealing with clients who are victims as children and and as you can imagine and as you know from your um you know investigating these cases uh that damage uh, lasts forever 
Yeah, I've and, worked on some horrific cases, man. Like, and yeah, you're right, like yeah. stuff from 1968, <laughs> yeah, 72. Sure. Like, you know, we're trying to connect the dots and put things back together. And you know, as an investigator, you know, where do you start? Right, you're not going to find much yeah. online, right? So, you really, right. you got to be very creative with how you um, go back and do your uh, due diligence to to find this stuff. It's been a challenge, but we've been getting through it and. Uh, I've got a great research team that works with me and um, we, we've definitely uh, been able to, to advance some things. So let, well, let's I think out of, out of mo most of the cases, um, the kinds of uh, personal injury and, and negligence cases, I, these particular cases, we need the investigators more than most cases. Right. And, and the investigators role in these cases is, it's everything. I, yeah. I mean, at least, at least that's been my experience. I mean, we need to accumulate everything from yearbooks to, um, old addresses, uh, and, and things like that, that we would never be able to, to do. And, and even, a um, you know, there, there's, there was, we've, we've had some issues where even a novice kind of investigator really couldn't, couldn't get the job done. You know, right. this is, there's a, there's a big need for experienced investigators, uh, in that particular area. Well, I can tell you one of the avenues that we've used is, you know, you, you see the, all these people, uh, posting their support for those graduates of the 2020 that are not able to graduate. And they're like, we support mm -hmm. you class of 1968. It's like, okay, right. where did this person go to high school? <laughs> are they in a <laughs> Facebook group for the, you know, the class of 68 from so-and-so high school? Oh, they are. Sure. This is somebody now I want to talk to. Right. right. So it, right. The little nuggets like that, like being uh, creative with how you're doing your research. Like, you know, we, we've been able to track people down um, by, by doing that. So the whole, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, Facebook group for, for old high school people, you know, people love to disclose information on Facebook. So it's, uh, it's been very interesting. We've, we've, uh, gotten lucky finding some, some people that way. Right. Um, right. so, um, let's, let's move forward here a little bit and talk a little more about, uh, what you think it's going to look like, um, going forward here. I know like tomorrow, uh, a, a bunch of counties up North are, are, are started to do phase one from what I read, um, that uh, attorneys will be part of phase two, which be would be two weeks after that. But we haven't even hit phase one down here in New York City. Uh, so I, I feel like we're probably at least a month away from having you guys go into your yeah. office. And the things that you're going to have to do when you're there, it, it, I was reading today, it's uh, it's a little crazy. So what, what's your plan here? What do you, what do you feel like is going to happen? Yeah, I, I think what will happen is it'll it really is going to be a, a gradual wait and see. And, and what we're going to do is as, as soon as it, it, in our opinion, we feel safe is we're going to stagger our staff. We'll have um, maybe no more than three people in the office at one time. And um, we will, we're going to utilize masks. Uh, I think, you know, we, we all have we, to, right? We, we have to. And, yeah. and, you know, the, the one thing you just got to keep in mind and, and we, we try to keep in mind is that our staff, whether paralegals, lawyers, or, or receptionists, they, they go home and they have family. You know, a lot of them live with, you know, may live with a, a, a parent who may be a little older mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe, maybe compromised in some way. Right. You don't want and that. we have to be really, really careful. And, and we're going to go back, um, with a limited number of, of staff in the office at one time. We'll, we'll may stagger it, um, every other day to begin with. And, 
and then go from there. But I, and the one other thing too, that I, I'm going to try to do is make sure that they're, they're not traveling during any peak hour, you know, oh, if they do have idea. to take, Stagger take start mass times. transit. Yep. Yeah. Great yeah. Idea. So maybe if they can come in and I don't, you know, if they come in at 11, uh, and it's safer for them where, you know, the, the subway car or the bus is, is less full. Yeah. Um, we're going to do it. And, and, and we got to keep in the other thing we're going to do is keep reminding them, you know, to keep their socialization outside of work to a minimum and to make sure that it's done with masks right. and, and with social distancing. Right. And there but, is no way to enforce that, by the way. <laughs> it's no, just like, hey, everybody's going to do their part. You know, nobody's getting a ticket yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, uh, you're 100% <laughs> right. It's uh, that's what makes these times so scary. Yeah. You know, you can you can you can't control everything, but yeah. you just try to put in place. Um, you know, certain things and, and we're going to have, we're going to have protocols to, to sanitize and wipe things down and right. constantly and, and that kind of thing. So I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like when we finally do get to the point where, you know, phase two is underway and, and, you know, attorneys are back working again, I feel like there's going to be this push to really bring in as many cases as you can, or, or, or just you know, focus on, on working the cases up that are close and, and with the idea that come the fall, maybe October, November during flu season, we may all get shut out again. And I feel like there's some real good opportunities for an investigator who's aggressive with the work they're doing and is able to clear work off their, their plate um, to help you guys get what you need uh, in a timely fashion. Yeah, you're right on the money because, as you know, we're not permitted right now, and we haven't been for some time to even file any new cases. Right. Even the signing up of new cases is very, very difficult unless you have a client who who can do it over, you know, over a Skype or or a Zoom, and there are, you know, we can't even notarize things easily anymore, right? right. We have to do it by video and right. go through certain procedures and certain protocols to be able to do it. Right. But there's going to be, uh, you're 100% right, once we get up and, and running a little bit, there's going to be a big push for the investigators because everybody has in the back of their mind exactly what you just said. Yep. And that is, we have a, a window here that we need to get this work done. And because there's a chance we may be you know, back in the house, yep. you know, come, come late fall or, or winter. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is, is we'll probably have better infrastructure at that point in time set up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and I, I feel like, you know, I feel like the courts may hold on to what they're doing. I just get that feeling from, from, yeah, I, I've seen the administrative judge, you know, put out some uh, notices and things like that about all the great things they've been able to do. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. 30% of their cases, you know, in mediation, they were able to settle. I think I read that somewhere. Um, sure. And they're very concerned. The chief judge is very concerned and rightly so about the court staff. Now, yeah. you, you know, everybody talks about the judges. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, some elderly judges, some judges so, who have health issues. Some have passed. And, yeah, there were a few that some, actually passed. We've away. already lost, we, we've lost some, some very good judges yeah. and we've had some, some judges who have been hospitalized yeah. uh, as a result. And they're very in tune to that. But she's also, the chief judge is also in tune to the court officers and the court clerks who, yeah. who have to, you know, they're the ones, they're the backbone of the, of the, of the, the uh, courthouse. Sure. And, you know, there's a lot of people uh, that they have to have to worry about and protect and never mind the general public who come in to do business. Right. So I, I agree with you that the, the courts are going to be very slow to go back to normal 
Um, they're, they're really focusing now on doing the remote conferences and, and doing re- um, uh, remote hearings and, and even some court mediations. So, yeah. you know, I, I think, you know, be ready for anything, right? And, and be accommodating. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the way I'm approaching my business, right? Whatever yeah. I can do to help you guys get what you need in a timely fashion. And maybe it means being more creative or having different hours or, you know, doing whatever we need to do. I mean, fortunately, my business didn't have to completely shut down. Um, obviously, we limited our our, um, our field work to almost zero. <laughs> uh, right. But, you know, just being more sensitive to it. And I think that this, this time, anyways, I, I've used it uh, to look at my own uh, internal business model and a case management system and everything like that, just to kind of really be as efficient as possible when the, the light goes from yellow to green, right? Because now we're mm-hmm. kind of between red and, and yellow right now. The tidal wave is coming, I, I think. I hope, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's uh, yeah. that's what I feel uh, is probably going to gonna happen. So how about like, like you guys, like did, you missed out on like Law Day at two, I think, right? Which is a big event for you guys for NISLA. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that. Like what's what's going on, um, uh, if anything, with uh, with the Trial Lawyers Association? Well, there, there will be, you know, we're going to, a lot of these events are, are going to be conducted remotely. Right. Uh, it, it's a little different um, than obviously having the big live event, but there's some, some good things to it too. Right. You know, we can get, um, we, we can get participation from people who may not have been able to travel to New York, right. uh, you know, to be there in person. And, you know, whether it be a guest or whether it be lawyers from, you know, out of state, you know, look, everybody's trying to do the same thing uh, and, and trying to get positives out of this and and, and trying to do the best they can uh, under these conditions. And it's bringing out, it, you know, I see it at NISLA and I see it in my firm. It's bringing out the best in people. Sure. You know, people are yeah. being people are being creative. They're being resourceful, uh, you know, and, and, the and, you know, like. The job at my firm doesn't end. We still have to represent these clients, yeah. and, and the job at Nisla doesn't end either. That, right. you know, we're, we're there to, to, you know, to, to protect this, the civil justice system. So, uh, you know, we just we just keep going, and we find ways to adapt, and we find ways to uh, to represent uh, our clients. Right. What do you feel about um, uh, any potential litigation with regards to treatment or, or um, like exposed environments? Or you think that's going to be a big issue? Um, yeah, it, it it will. It 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 definitely will. Uh, you know, the the governor had issued uh, as part of his executive orders the uh, you know there's some immunity right. um, you know for for uh, professionals treating COVID patients, uh, but it runs into you know you, you run into some very interesting questions. You know, right. um, who that covers exactly. You know, if uh, do, does it cover someone who wasn't there for COVID, uh, but was exposed, right. uh, you know, and, and we can go into, you know, I can think of, and we, we have talked about my colleagues and I've talked about a hundred different scenarios where this is going to be, um, it's going to be a question and, and there's going to be an issue about it, but I do, I foresee it being, being something that, uh, is going to be, uh, be an issue in the future for sure. Yeah. I mean, even people that are forced to work in these environments, right? Your essential services, you have to go into work and, and you get s- sick. You know, is there any type of culpability on the, on that where you're mandatory, you know, made to go, made to go to work. So yeah, I, I see gonna be a whole new world. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. going to be very interesting uh, to see how it all plays out. Um, so how do folks get a hold of you if uh, they have any questions or um, 
you want to know more about your firm? Well, they can email me at Otto uh, and Babbitt. Uh, the email address is info at ottobabbitt.com. And that's O-D-D-O-B-A-B-A-T. Uh, or my, my phone, uh, 212-642-0950. Okay. Well, David, I really appreciate you taking the time here. Um, I definitely wanted to get the uh, perspective of some of the uh, businesses that we as investigators service and what you guys are expect to happen going forward and, and how people like myself or businesses like myself can help you get what you need to do and service what you need to do. So I appreciate you taking the time. And well, uh, it was my, it was my pleasure. And I, yeah. uh, I love talking to you and, uh, and you do great work by the way. Thank so, you. um, you know, keep it up and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, we'll talk soon. So, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, I thank everybody for tuning in uh, to the quick hits segment and we'll catch everybody on the next show. Take care. Thanks for joining us for this quick hit segment. We also thank David for taking the time to join us. David's one of the top trial attorneys in New York, and it was interesting to hear his take on what life's going to be like for the lawyer-investigator relationship in what they call our new normal. Be sure to check out the Investigator's Toolbox after June 1st. Thanks for tuning in, and check out the new episode on Monday. On behalf of Matt Spare, Thanks for downloading and subscribing to PI Perspectives.